morning, good morning, good morning. Well, here we are again. It's your favorite curly redhead, Mama D, with another episode of Ripples Appealing. Good morning. It has. It is a peaceful morning in my backyard. I am sitting in what I call my sanctuary. It's a fenced-in part of my patio where I get up early in the morning and meet my father here. And in his presence is where I find fullness of joy, fullness of peace. I find his love is waiting for me. I find his counseling is waiting for me. I find his mercy is waiting for me. I find his kindness, his compassion. All of those things are waiting for me every morning when I get up. So I intentionally get up, get myself together, get my Bible, get my glasses, and I come out here and I spend time with my father and I bring my praise and worship music. And let me tell you, it's the most wonderful time of my day. I I just can't imagine it being any other way. You know how you look forward to being with somebody like I'm so excited I look so forward even when I go to bed at night I look forward to getting up in the morning because I know that I'm going to meet with my daddy my papa God such a wonderful thing such a wonderful experience and a wonderful time with him so I say all that and I'm going to start our day the way we always started in prayer talk to you about a question that I have for you guys. And the question of the day is, how many of us feel like we are stuck in the wilderness? How many of us feel like we are stuck in the wilderness of our lives? Right? Now, I'm going to defy the wilderness to you. It is an uncultivated, uninhabited, a unhospitable region of wasteland. How many of us feel like our lives are in a season of the wilderness? I know I did. And I'm going to tell you about that experience. I'm going to tell you about that experience shortly. In the meantime, like I said, we're going to pray about it. And then we're going to talk about it. Father God, Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us right now. Lord, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts, and open our spirits to receive what you have for us. Father, I ask that you bless your word, Lord God, for all those that hear. Lord, I ask that you hide me behind the cross and speak through me. Use me as a vessel to encourage, to enlighten, to edify the body of Christ and to all those who are listening and all those that will listen, Lord God. I ask that you would bless each and every person. Bless them that they would not only hear the word of God, that they would also be doers of the word of God. And for those that don't know, Lord God, I pray that this is more than just a podcast to them, Lord God, that this is a word from you, and if it is, that they would like to seek and 
further their knowledge of who you are in their life, Lord, I pray that you would give them an unction from the Holy Spirit to do so, that they would allow that to marinate in their hearts and that they would confess that they are in need of a Savior. And you do the work from there, Father, as you always do. Father, have your way right now in me, in your words, through your Holy Spirit, I speak in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen, and amen. Like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this morning I want to talk to you about the wilderness season. And I named this From Egypt to the Promised Land. From Egypt to the Promised Land. And I take the text from the book of Exodus 15 verses 16, 17, and 22. I want to read you an excerpt from those particular that particular book, from the book of Exodus, right? Chapter 15, and I'm going to start at verse 22. So Moses brought Israel through the Red Sea and went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, but they were bitter. Before the name it was called Marah. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statue and a statue and an ordinance. And there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ears to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. In this text, it is verses 22 to 27, but in this text, God is speaking to the children of Israel who Moses goes and he brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness. So he brought them out of bondage. Egypt was where where the children of Israel were in bondage because they were slaves in Israel. And when he brings them out of captivity, he brings them into the wilderness. And as you see, they already started complaining and murmuring about what was going on at the time. And and this wasn't like the first complaint. Not at all. This was not the first complaint of them, um, the children of Israel. They had been complaining about everything. They were complaining about not having food. They were complaining 
about the, with, with Moses about being in the desert, in the wilderness. They were they were complaining about not having bread. Like the the complaints went on and on and on. But have you ever gotten to a season where all you hear is complaints? People are complaining. You are complaining. You know. I always said people don't like people that complain all the time because it says that you are unhappy in your life or you're unhappy in the circumstances that surround your life. And we have to understand that those circumstances are not permanent circumstances. That's exactly what they are. They are circumstances. God has a solution for Israel just like he has a solution for us. In the solution that he has for Israel, he gives them manna from heaven. Manna is like a wafer of size bread. Wafers. And they were um, supposed to taste like honey. God bought birds, doves, just falling from the sky so they could have meat. He, he brought water out of a rock. He brought manna from heaven and he brought the meat. And still, you know how we have our children and no matter or you know, it doesn't even have to be children, but no matter what you do for someone, they still not happy. They still not satisfied. Have you, have you gotten to a point in your life where everything that you have you are still not satisfied like that's a terrible place to be let me tell you but I found myself in a wilderness season and the season was full of pitfalls dead ends and many upheavals and uncertainty but all of this was allowed by God to draw me closer to him so that I would develop a greater dependence upon him. Isn't our God a good God? Isn't he a good father? Sometimes he allowed things to happen in our life so we can draw closer to him. Because God wants us to have a relationship with him. He's our father. How could he not want a relationship with us? He created us. How, why would he not want a relationship with us? But understand this. The enemy will do everything he can do to discourage us, to upset us, to distract us, and to destroy us in this season. See, um, complaining, you know, murmuring, they call it back then, but complaining brings about a a um a dissatisfied, a dissatisfaction in your spirit, and that will resonate to your heart, and that will bring illness to your body into your mind because you're complaining it does something to you it takes it takes the all the negative and it brings it into your spirit and once all the negative get into your spirit believe the enemy will come in like a flood and bring all of the negative things in your that in your spirit into manifestation yes he will Yes, he will. But I'm going to say this to you. 
we have to be careful. We have to be careful of not allowing all the negativity to come into our lives, all the complaining to stay in our lives. God has a solution for everything that we're going through. And sometimes God allows us to go through things so he can put a spotlight on it for us. So we can see the character defaults that we have. So we can see the wrong and the sin in our lives that he's not happy with. And so we should not be happy with either. And this that would be the time that we surrender it to him. Lord, take away my disquietness in my spirit. Lord, take away my complaining in my spirit. Because I don't want to make myself sick. Spiritually, mentally, or physically, I don't want to make myself sick. But that's what it does to you. It makes you sick. That's why the Word of God tells us in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 to 14. It says, finally, a final word, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Yes, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers of the dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. But let me tell you something. Do not be afraid of the wilderness because of the enemy. Because God has given us the armor, his armor to fight with. He says for us to put on the helmet of salvation. He says for us to put on the breastplate of righteousness. Gird our loins with the belt of truth. He tells us to get the, the sword of the spirit that we get the shield of faith so when those fiery darts come we can shield ourselves from it and he tells us to shout our feet with the gospel of salvation we have to remember that during these times that we have a God that not only fight for us but he has given us the, the tools and the no shall I say the weapons to fight with for it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds in our lives and the strongholds in our generation and the strongholds in our family so we don't have to be afraid of the enemy if we find ourselves in a season in the wilderness believe me because in that season God is still there with you. And that is not going to be a season that you will not be um, fruitful. See, he wants to show you something. He wants to bring something to light that is hindering you from moving to the next level in him. 
might be hindering and tying his hands behind his back when it comes to a blessing that you have been praying for. So these wilderness experiences should be something that we welcome. Lord, show me the character because he's going to show us our character and a lot of us are not going to like it. But it's not for us to weigh in whether we like or not like. It's, it's for us to bring it to God so he can change it. So he can change it. We want to grow in the Lord. We want to grow in our faith. We want to grow from, from glory to glory, from faith to faith. I don't know about you, but I don't want to stay stagnant. I don't want to be still. I don't want that from year to year, I'm still in the same place in, in my walk with God. I don't. I don't even want it from day to day. I don't want it from month to month. I sure don't want it from year to year. I want to see the progress of God in my life. I want to see the progress in me. And I know that he is changing me. And there is progress going on. Because, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, whoo, this sister right here grew up in Harlem. And my mouth was my mother's mouth. And my mother was very venomous with her words because she was a broken woman. So my mother was one of those people that she could tear you down with her words. You know, mine just became a lot more because I, I cursed with my words. And I would curse you with my words. And now, for the time that I have been with the Lord, when I hear people curse, it makes me cringe inside. And I think to myself, oh Lord, wow. I remember one time I used to say, that people used to say, you got the mouth of a sailor. You got the mouth of a truck driver. And that wasn't something that was um, admonishing me, not at all. It was something that what was said to me was just negative very, very negative. But I thought it, I wore it as a badge. That's right, you say anything to me, I tear you down. You say anything to me, I cuss you out. I cuss you out. You know, like like a stranger on the street, I cuss you out. Yes, I would. But I thank God for transformation. I thank God that it says in his word that we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind as we read the Word of God. And so I continue to read the Word of God each and every day, sometimes all day long, to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. So all the negativity and all the negative thoughts that we have on a daily basis, because we all have negative thoughts on a daily basis, it says in his word because he gives us the authority to bring all those negative thoughts into captivity to the word of God. So we don't have to stay in the negativity. We don't have to stay in, 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 in the verbal insults. We don't have to stay cussing and being ugly with one another. We don't have to stay that way because God don't want us that way. God don't want us that way. 
I was watching um, a TikTok video on a social media that had popped up in my feed on Instagram. And as I'm watching it, this young lady who's with some other young ladies, I guess they were friends of hers or relatives, I'm not sure, but they were all at a party. And this guy walked over to her and I think he might have tried to touch her inappropriately. And this argument had broke out between them, but not only between them, but also with her friends who were with her, who who had her back. And all of a sudden, she punched this guy in the face. And he punched her back. And then the fight broke out. And her friends jumped this guy. Took him down to the ground, punching him and kicking him in his head. And I'm thinking to myself, my God, I used to be that way. I used to be that way. Me and my friends... I remember, and this is just terrible to say, but thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for changing me. If it wasn't for the Lord, oh, my God. People said, where would I be? I would tell you right now, I'd be dead. I would be dead. I remember one time, me and my friends, my my friend had um, this guy that um, we didn't like. And we had plotted to tear up his car. So I went and bought a machete from a local bodega. We lived in Harlem. So I bought a machete from the local bodega. Big machete. My friend had a, had a club, like a, like, a, like a metal pipe kind of thing. And we went and I burst his tires. She broke his side view mirror off. She broke his windshield with this pipe like and then when he found out and came to fight her we jumped the guy it was terrible it was terrible and I'm just I'm I'm confessing this to you because I didn't know the Lord then I didn't know the Lord then but the wonderful thing about confession it says that if we confess our sins to him not only will he forgive us it says he is faithful it says he is just and he will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness how wonderful is that that is one of the many promises of God not to just forgive us he's also faithful to us and he's just to us so when I think about those times in my life where I was out of control and my life was so out of control and I see myself now, God is making the change. Thank you, Jesus, for the change. Thank you that you didn't leave me in my mess, but you took my mess to make a message out of my life. And I thank God for that. I thank God for that. He, he brought about a testimony to everyone who would want to hear what my story is. It is a story of defeat, 
and then a story of triumph and victory through Christ Jesus. And I love that the end of it is the victory through Christ and the triumph through Christ Jesus. It says in his word that when I accept him as my Lord and Savior, he made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new creation. So all my past was is in my past. And I look forward to the life, the new life that he has given me to speak my truth, to preach his word, to stand on his promises to my life, and to be transparent and vulnerable to all those who will listen, who will look like me, who is looking for a savior, who is looking for a change in their life. Yeah, but I got to the point where I was just sick of myself. You know how you get sick and tired of being sick and tired? Well, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was sick and tired of myself. I was getting on my own nerves. I was getting on my own, like my voice offended me. My thoughts offended me. Because nothing was good in my life. And because nothing was good in my life, let me tell you, I even thought about taking my life quite a few times. Quite a few times. But God had other plans. Yes, he did. He had a plan of redemption. He had a plan of deliverance. He had a plan of salvation. Salvation wasn't just a a plan for me. It's a plan for everyone from the beginning of the world. From the beginning of creation, God had a plan for salvation for all of us. And maybe you like me, and you're looking to change your life. You're looking to, to know what is the plan for your life. Let me tell you, God has one. All we have to do is surrender it to him, and he will change our lives. He will give us new lives, new eyes, a new heart. Yes, a new spirit that dwell in us because it will be the Holy Spirit that will bring us into all truth. I tell you, my God is awesome. He is magnificent. He is wonderful. I don't have enough words to tell you how beautiful he is and how much I love him, but I do. But understand this, he loved me first. Amen? He loved me first. Yes. And I I thank God for loving me. I thank him for loving me. So I just want to tell you, don't be afraid to be in the wilderness. Because the enemy is in the wilderness. Did you know that Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy? Jesus was led in the wilderness and he was tempted by the enemy. It, was, it wasn't that he was led to be tempted. It was he was led into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil. Yes, he was. And you can read that in the book of Matthew, charted starting at chapter 4. Yes, verse 1. And just as he declares... The word of God, each and every time 
okay? Every time the enemy came toward him, every time the enemy tried to tempt him and entice him to sin against God, he gained victory by giving the word of God. The one um, part of that when he gives that word is he says that man cannot live by bread alone but out of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. <laughs> Ooh, so good. So good. So good. See, in the wilderness, there will be a testing of our character. And the primary season for testing our character is to know who we are in our inner man when no one is watching. Ooh. Let me read that again because a lot of us will miss that. So for the people in the back and in the wilderness, there will be a testing of our character. And the primary reason for testing our character is to know who we are in our inner man when no one is watching. There is no perfect people. And so God doesn't look for perfection from us. But we all have character flaws. So we have to be mindful and not be prideful when it comes to our character flaws. You know, that character flaw of can't nobody tell me nothing or I'm grown, I'm a grown woman. I'm a grown man. I, I buy my own. I do this. I, that's pride. God, don't look. He ain't. No. Please do not. Not at all. I know. Because I was like that. And God doesn't like those character flaws. Pride is the quicksand to your life. Believe me when I tell you. It says pride comes before the fall. Pride comes before the fall. And if you read the book of Psalms, King David, who wrote most of the books, he was the most vulnerable and open character. The only person who had all these character flaws and he revealed them to God. He revealed them to an all-knowing, all-loving Father, You know why? Because he knew that if he revealed that to God, that God would change it and change him. See, when we reveal these character flaws in this wilderness season, Lord, take away the rebellious spirit that I have on me. Lord, take away the prideful spirit that I have. Take away that unloving spirit. Take away that arguing spirit. Take away the self-righteous spirit. Because those are things that God don't want us to have. He says that he wants us to be holy as he is holy. Now a lot of us, uh, just like myself, find, find it hard to be that way. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking for us to be more and more like Jesus. So our character flaw, flaws, as we would call them, we surrender it to him 
we spend time in his presence and time in his word, we find ourselves being renewed by our mind as we read the word of God. And we become more like Jesus, compassionate, kind, and loving, forgiving each other, you know, being accountable for who we are and how we become who we are. God wants to do so much through us. We are coming to a time where we have to be accountable to everyone that we in, we um, come in, in, in proximity to. Our neighbors, the people in the grocery stores, you know, our church family. And I say that because he wants us to be um, our brothers and our sisters keepers. And if we go around with these character flaws and saying that I don't have that and I don't feel that way about myself, I just do this, I just do that, man, we're going to make the wilderness season longer and harder than it needs to be. I have asked God as I go through this wilderness season that he would send a spotlight from heaven on my soul and show me, reveal to me, and then Lord, take it away from me because I want to be used for his honor and his glory. And I don't want to tie God's hands behind his back when it comes to blessing my life. I don't want to do that. So Lord, I know that if you did it for David, you will do it for us. The wilderness season has a very interesting way of shaping our character. The long waits, the harsh conditions of so many losses and the emptiness test of our hearts has an uncanny way of peeling back the layers and the curtains that hide what is in our inner man in our deepest parts of our heart and in our thoughts. And there is where God wants to change and reside to open the crawl spaces and open the closets in our lives so he can clean all the garbage out that will hinder us from growing in our faith and getting from glory to glory. So just as David, we all have to be aware and confess and present to God our character flaws in prayer, not out of guilt or out of shame, but to make us better and stronger and confident in God's ability to change us. So we can do good things that God has predestined us to do while we are here on this earth and to be, to bring healing and transformation in our lives. And when this happens, he can use our testimony and our pain to help others who are going through the same thing that we have been through. I don't know about you, but I don't want somebody who's going through, I don't want to go to someone for advice if they're going through the same thing that I'm going through. I want somebody who has been through it, who tell, tell, tell me how they got to the other side. 
how they got to the light at the end of the tunnel because that gives me hope. That encourages me. That's just me. That's the way I am, you know? I'm just saying that God doesn't want us to spend our whole life being wounded by our past or being tortured by our traumas or being unchanged by our habits and our hangups. That's not what he wants for us. God doesn't want that for us. He wants us to be made whole so we can enjoy the life that he has for us, a life of abundance and a life of blessing and a life of love and the reward of eternal life with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And God said he will bring streams, okay, in the middle of our desert, in the middle of our wilderness. He will bless us with living waters that we have, that we will never thirst again in our lives. Oh my gosh, I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. See, as you can see, our Father loves us so much that he does not want to leave us stranded, complaining, broken, and alone in the wilderness. But the hardest part of that is that we don't believe that he can do it. The hardest part, believe, is letting go the way our lives have always been. The way we grew up, the people that have raised us, the culture that we're in, the environment that we're in. We don't want to give that up. But God has set us apart from this world. So we can do great things in this world. I don't know about you, but I want to change. Because to me, it's worth it. To change the way, sometimes to change negative thoughts and all those things that are surround us and the people that surround us, we have to change the way we commit ourselves to our lives. See, I can't change anybody. God changes. I can't save anybody. God saves. But when we get sick and tired of being sick and tired of our lives and complaining about things not changing and complaining about this not happening, complaining about that not happening, what do we do about it? That's the biggest thing. What are you doing about it? And if you're not doing anything but complaining, then my advice to you is to sit down and have a conversation with the Father and complain to Him and let Him know that God, I don't like what's going on. God, I, 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 I need a change in my life. Please help me to change. Change my thoughts. Change my life. Change my mind. Change my spirit. Change my heart. Because I don't know about you, but it ain't do nothing for me being in all that negativity. Nothing. Not a thing. I mean, nothing. I thank God for changing my life because here I am at 58 years old and I went and got me a annual checkup. 
And during the time that I had the annual checkup, not only did the nurse that um, took my vitals, not only did the nurse that checked me out, but the doctor that I see all gave the same response. You are 58 years old? Wow. Your vitals are perfect. Your blood work is perfect. And you don't look 58 years old. I hope that when I get your age, I look as good as you do. One lady said, well, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> what am I doing wrong? Um, I couldn't tell her, because <laughs> I don't know. But what I do know is that the Word of God says that He will restore to us the years that the canker worm and the locusts have taken from us. So he says to us that he will restore to us all the years that the enemy has taken from us. And so at 58 years old, I may look in the mirror and not see what they see. I look in the mirror and see a stomach uh, um, a little fat. I look in the mirror and not really happy with you know, the things that I see. But then, because I'm looking at it through, through my eyes, but if I look at myself through the eyes of God, who say that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, if I look at myself through the eyes of God, who says that I am his masterpiece, if I look at myself through the eyes of God, who says that I am the apple of his eye, O-M-G. Yes, that is who I am. I am a masterpiece. He took time to create me. This wasn't a wham, bam, thank you, ma'am moment. He took time to create me. He put my eyes where they were supposed to be. He put my nose where it was supposed to be. He put my lips where they were supposed to be. He put my hair where it was supposed to be. He took the time to take his paintbrush and, and, and go through the canvas of my life and put everything the way he wanted it to be. And through his eyes, I am loved. Through his eyes, I am chosen. Through his eyes, I am a child of the most high God. And there is nothing he will not withhold from me. Any good thing, any good thing he withhold from me. It says in Romans 8, 28, that he takes, he works all things out for the good of those who love him, who he has called for his purpose. I thank God that he loves me. I thank God that I'm called. I thank God that he has a purpose for my life. Amen. Amen. So this wilderness, you know, that I'm going through, this wilderness season, as much as I might not like it, I know that it is necessary. I know that this is necessary. So when, when troubles hit and we begin to wonder and ask, you know, for help and we call up friends and we call up counseling, I just want you to know something. Our source of help is from God. The source of help in these times tell you a, a lot about the quality and quantity of your faith. Which means 
we can have faith the size of a mustard seed or we can have great faith no matter what the size it is important for us to know that in these times God is with us and he is the source of our strength and although it seems that the quality of our prayers go seemingly without effect that's when the enemy brings about the attack and it becomes more and more deliberate and harder and harder we become overwhelmed we even wonder if God even hear us you know does he know what's going on and when loneliness is our only companion because we have reached out and no one has answered the call for help this is a time that we wonder if God has left the building and how far are we from him I want you to remember this that's the time that God is testing our faith I want you to remember this in those times run to the feet of God to obtain his grace and mercy because his word stands true over us just like it stands true for David in Psalm 119 105 David does this, he, he brings this psalm about, and it says, your word is a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. See, David realized, he, even though he's in this season, even though the children of Israel were in the wilderness, wilderness with Moses, God still brought a cloud in the daytime and fire at night to light their path. Still showing that he was with them. Still showing that he was with them. David says that his word, you hear that? David says that his word is a light to our feet and a lamp to our path. God never leaves us. God never forsakes us. David hides God's word in his heart just like we should just like we should. And if we, we go through this season in the wilderness, know that there's a lack somewhere in a character flaw that God is just trying to show us so we can get better, so we can be better, so we can be greater. I used to tell, I, I, and I still do. I'm say I said I used to, but no, I still do tell people this. I am created for greatness because I know that God is a great God and if he created me he created me for greatness and greatness is where I'm going to be greatness is where I'm going to be so what it's going to take me to have intentionality it is going to take me to have impatience it is going to take me to have endurance and it will take me to persevere to get to where God wants me in this season so I encourage myself as I encourage you to develop a prayer life. It's going to be the most important discipline in this season, which will allow us to see change in our lives. Psalm 81 indicates to us God's desire for his people is to listen to his life-giving advice and the promises of blessings and victory when we do. As Christians, we have to develop the discipline in our life so we can get to a deeper commune with our Father in Heaven. If not, it's just going to become a repetitive ritual with no victory 
and endless disappointments in our life. And I want to give you two scriptures that will help you understand this part of the wilderness a little more. In the book of Romans, chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials. For we know it helps us develop endurance. Endurance develops strength. And our character endurance and character strength are confident hope of salvation. And in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, for we know that when we when our faith is tested, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and need nothing. You see how that all ties together? See, God took all of that and, and tied it together. And if we understand that, that it will bring us victory if we surrender. Surrender is the willful submission to God's will over our lives. It says yes to our God as he sets forth to intervene in our situation and in our circumstance. And it allows him to be the father he wants to be to his children. Surrendering is not going to be easy because of what we are taught and because of our society and how the social media controls our thoughts and how we become so emotional about things in our lives. But surrender, surrendering who we are to a sovereign God huh, is going to be the best decision that we ever made in our lives. It is not an act of weakness. It is an act of strength that will, that will bring back trust to an almighty God who created us and created the heavens and the earth and the fullness thereof. So my advice to you is to take heart. Take heart. Absolutely. And in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, here's another scripture for you to remember in those times of this wilderness season. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and always acknowledge Him and He, you hear that? And He shall direct your path. He shall direct our path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The wilderness season. This is the wilderness season. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, I thank you for the wilderness season. And I thank you for showing me who I am. And I thank you for removing and putting me on alert on what is what it is I need to get rid of out of my life that hinders fully surrendering and full intimacy with you. I acknowledge that I am a sinner saved by your amazing grace. And I thank you for the ultimate sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for my sins. Father, I ask that you do whatever you want to do with my life. I surrender it all to you. Let your will be done as I posture my heart to mimic what is in yours. So it will be pleasing to you so that you may use my life as a living testimony to your goodness and your blessings and your mercy 
and your unexhaustible love to me and your unconditional love to me. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for everything that I'm going through in this wilderness season. And I thank you for what I am going to become when I get to the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of blessings, the land of promotion, the land of, uh, of you exalting me to the next level, you promoting me to the next level. Because I want to put in the work. And that's what we have to do, put in the work. Amen? Thank you, Father. We have to put in the work. To you be all glory, honor, and praise, and majesty. May the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in our sight and thy sight. Our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, and our strength. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray amen, amen, and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, that all we have to do is surrender, fully surrender our lives to God so we can change them for the better because he knows what's best for our lives. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. He says he knows the plans that he has for us, the plans to prosper us, okay? The plans to prosper us, the plans to do us good and not harm, not evil. The plans to give us a pleasant end and a future, a future. You know, when I was young, I didn't have somebody to speak into my life and tell me about the wonderful promises of God. And I think because I grew up in the environment that I grew up in, I probably wouldn't listen. But I thank God that as I have matured, that not only has he strengthened me and matured me physically, but he's done it mentally, that he's done it spiritually, and I am going to walk in the greatness that God has for me, and nothing's going to stop me. Ain't no devil in hell. No. No. Can snatch me out of the hands of the Father. So I'm not going to be afraid. I am going to walk in my greatness that my dad has for me. Amen. Amen. Amen.